0: Welcome to Narrow Way to Broadway, a podcast for people of faith with a passion for the arts. Each episode is designed for the thespian and non-thespian and the believer and non-believer alike as we navigate topics affecting the hearts, minds, and homes of artists everywhere. If you'd like to hear more, head to nwaybway.com. <gasps> Hello, Narrow Way to Broadway. Um, so excited to be with you guys here today. I am here with a new friend, um, somebody who we have a lot of mutual friends. She's my New York, Arkan, Ar- dang it, I already forgot it, Michael. <laughs> Arkansan queen, yes. um, Michael Vosquez <laughs> Vasquez is here. Yep. I learned how to say her name earlier. <laughs> so happy to have you on the show, Michael. I've heard so many things about you. I texted mm-hmm. Evan, um, our mutual, one of our mutual friends, and I was like, hey, should I have this gal on the show? And she was like, definitely. She's so wise. <laughs> So welcome, welcome. This is your first time on Airway to Broadway. We're so Thank happy you're you. here.
1: Yes, I'm so excited. So excited to be yes. too virtually.
0: Yes. <laughs> this is so fun. And we were just learning earlier, and I, I, I've said this before, because we don't often have like technical issues like in getting people connected with the show. Our yes. like software is typically pretty reliable, but mm-hmm. when it's not and when <sighs> we have trouble. We usually know that it's going to be a good conversation because the enemy is threatened by what is to come. So this is going to be a good one. Yes. (laughs) Amazing. Okay. So Michael, you are currently, this is giving me such such joy because you are currently in the international tour of West Side Story. You're on a break right this second, but you are currently on the tour. Mm -hmm. You've gotten to travel to so many amazing places performing this show. Um, Mm -hmm. And you play Rosalia, which is, I mean- she is basically the soloist of America, if you've seen the show, if you know the show. She's mm-hmm. the one who is, like, stoked about America, the one that Anita is arguing with. So she plays mm-hmm. – Rose. you play Rosalia. You understudy Maria, which I'm excited to hear more about that yes. and how that's been on tour. And then you are the Somewhere soloist. So yes. probably one of the most iconic songs in the show, Somewhere. Yes. People it, – it gets stuck in my head every time I see the show. So you good. get to sing that show um, or that song every time you perform. So yes, we're going to start – with a little bit of, I wouldn't say like West Side Story trivia, but this show, if you have done any amount of research on it or if you've ever been in it, the listeners will know that like this show is a deep cut in the musical theater canon. Like mm-hmm. it it did things that had never been done before. So let's just do a couple of fun facts of West Side Story the musical. So great. what most people don't know and we just talked about this beforehand is that so the movie in 1961 is actually what made the show iconic like it was on broadway beforehand mm-hmm. it was nominated for like a few tony awards i think it won two of them for choreography and set design but it was totally like beat out by the music man in pretty much every category yes um and peace. then the 1961 <laughs> movie yeah rip um is what made it so iconic and one of the facts yeah. and i didn't even know this did you know this michael is that you probably didn't know this. <laughs> Natalie Wood, who plays mm. Maria, it wasn't even her voice on the movie, mm. <laughs> her singing voice. Mm-hmm. Crazy! Yes. I know. I was like, wait a minute. This is this is so funny of like, you know, we right. have all this technology now to like dub people's voices. But right. Marnie Nixon actually voiced the singing voice of Maria in the movie <sighs> and Marnie Nixon in this rabbit hole is like such an icon do you know about this woman I'm like who is she's amazing yeah um
1: that is so crazy though like anytime that has happened in the past it just like irks me let alone like knowing that that happened in West Side Story (laughs) I'm like I know
0: well and it's and it's funny because it's like it's almost ironic because the show is so like the show's message is one of like Inclusion and creating space for people. And apparently, okay, this was from Wikipedia, so this might be false. Okay. But Natalie Wood didn't even know that they were going to dub her voice.
1: Oh my gosh. I feel like I read that somewhere. Oh my word. Yes. So she played
0: the singing voice of Natalie Wood she also dubbed Rita Moreno's voice Rita Moreno's voice which is like weird that she would play she would sing two different parts in the same song in the quintet right. in the movie so she was singing Maria's part in the quintet <laughs> and Anita's part in the quintet in the movie that's pretty crazy <laughs> and i'm like wait a minute this is so funny and You're i was like, like okay oh, good. i oh was like the word. people need to know this right, she right, also right. sang she played She dubbed Eliza Doolittle's voice and My Fair Lady over Hepburn in the 1962 movie. saying a bunch of the notes in Gypsy. I'm like, wait, this is crazy. And she's like this random. Well, Marnie Nixon's actually totally an icon. She's been in a lot of stuff on Broadway. But I thought that was a fun fact.
1: Yeah, totally. That's great. Fun for her. (laughs) Maybe not fun for for Natalie Wood. Right, right, (laughs) right, right, right. right. That was probably yes.
0: (laughs) So I'd love to know, like, per per, like West Side Story trivia research. What when you all entered the tour? we are in a like, not just a cultural moment, but a moment where information, research, context is incredibly important, important when learning how to portray a culture, a character that's maybe different than ours or even similar than ours. It's like, okay, I want to do this right. So what, what did it look like from a performer's perspective getting on this tour? Was, was anything particularly rich for you? Was it sort of like, Mm. Hey guys, like, Let's make sure that we're doing this right. So do a lot of your own research. Was anything Mm -hmm. presented to you? I'm just, I always love to know how these processes go.
1: Absolutely. Honestly, I, every part of the rehearsal process was so special. Um, Mm -hmm. Our director and choreographer, um, our director was Lonnie Price, who was the Mm -hmm. original Charlie and Mary Louie roll along on Broadway. Um mm-hmm. and then our choreographer, um, Julio, he was in like Jerome Robbins' Broadway and worked really mm-hmm. closely with Robbins. So both of them had incredible stories to tell, not only from their own personal lives, um, but just mm-hmm. the shows and the people they had worked with. Like mm-hmm. Lonnie was really close to Stephen Sondheim, and Julio mm-hmm. was really close with you know working closely with Jerome Robbins, and so they. Mm-hmm they worked closely with the people who literally wrote this show. And so, Mm -hmm. um, it was, that alone was really cool to be like, I felt like that was, that was a piece of history. Like that was the closest that I would get with working, um, working with those greats, you know, Robbins and, um, and Sondheim and, and the people that wrote the show and, um, Bernstein and everybody. But, um, so they, they came into the rehearsal room with so much wisdom and so much, um, just like j- stories to tell and ideas and inspiration. Mm-hmm. And every, um, every time before we would, we would block a scene, we would all sit around a table and we would discuss, we would discuss mm-hmm. the scene. We would discuss the characters, um, in, in, in quite a lot of detail like what does this Mm. what does this character mean to you like from from research that you have done and then what things Mm. can you pull from your life or um you know our our choreographer julio shared like some really incredible stories of growing up in puerto rico and like his mother and Mm -hmm. just just really really cool like tangible real life things that make this story just so much more alive and um so yeah it was a combination of personal research um and really digging into the text digging into mm-hmm. the the context clues of um of course and and the mm-hmm. lyrics too and and then yeah. coming together and and kind of being like um just having having Lonnie and Julio as our as our guiding lights uh, yeah. with their wisdom and advice and then and being in discussion with one another like um, just putting all our thoughts and ideas and inspiration on the table. And it was, mm-hmm, it was honestly yeah. such an a, incredible process. I felt like I learned and, and grew a lot just from being in the room with those people and just being in, in those conversations and yeah. just talking about how important it is, um, how important it was back then in the fifties and, yeah. you know, still so much now telling this story and, and what that, what that looks like. So, mm-hmm,
0: Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. That's amazing. Well, and it's, Mm -hmm. I think it's interesting too, because one of the things that I, I didn't know this until today. I I watched this like short documentary about the making of West Side Story, Mm -hmm. the movie. And I, there was a couple of the original cast members who were interviewed and they said that it was actually, and there's also an NPR podcast about this called the real life drama, the real life drama behind West Side Story. Mm -hmm. And apparently when they were creating the original production the sharks and the jets were not allowed to interact with one yeah. another off yes. or on stage unless yes. blocked they weren't yeah they like they wanted to create it was basically a a form of method acting of wanting to create and maintain the animosity and the tension between the two groups mm-hmm. and i just thought that was so interesting because what you just described yeah. is like the <laughs> opposite of that it's like let's 100%. sit down and that just shows i think that we've come a long way hopefully totally. in guarding actors and performers mm-hmm. um like honestly their peace i think in a lot of ways in developing these characters of creating a separation um yes. because i wonder i mean gosh i can't imagine what it would have been like to be an actor in that time where i wasn't i wouldn't have been allowed to talk to anybody who on stage i was supposed to have a Troubled relationship with, or a struggled relationship with, I'm like, dang, right. that is that is really sad. So I'm I'm happy to hear that totally. there was much more dialogue and and development that came out of actual like unity there. Absolutely, yeah, that's really absolutely. cool. Absolutely, so much amazing.
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: Well, okay. So one thing that I thought was interesting, and this can kind of f- flow into a conversation of this global reach that West Side Story has had. So you're Mm. obviously performing it internationally. Mm -hmm. It's probably successful all over because it's a story, you know, it is the story, right? Like I had a professor in college whose theory was that every single story ever written can actually be traced back to Romeo and Juliet. It can be Mm -hmm. traced back to the origins of like the inciting action, the tension, Mm -hmm. resolution, all those kinds of things. But I didn't know this either – That originally when um not Sondheim, that originally when the team like sort of sat down to write the show, Mm -hmm. it was supposed to be a conflict between Catholics and Jews on the east side of New York. So it was actually originally called East Side Story. So tell tell us about like learning about that. And then also this show is incredibly universal. Obviously, Mm -hmm. it's performed in this in the context between a New York white like probably a lot of Irish immigrant gangs or no, 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 they're Mm -hmm. Polish, Polish immigrant gangs Mm -hmm. and then a Puerto Rican gang. So like, why do you think in speaking to the universal nature of the show, could they just be like, Oh, it was going to be about Catholics and Jews in New York, but now it's going to be about an ethnic racial divide. Like, what does that say about how this show is received and has been received for the last 50 plus years?
1: Mm, Yeah, that's, that's a big one, because it is really interesting that that was in the original, um, Mm -hmm. the original plan. And I Mm -hmm. think that is something that we discussed when we were on tour of like, how cool that it was that it was changed to, um, to cover a more universal and, um, yeah, just more not important topic everything has its importance Mm. but like to really hit the nail on the head you know and Mm -hmm. um this these things were going on in New York at this time and like yes you know exactly where the show was they were you know tearing down these neighborhoods and there were um the Puerto Ricans and the whites and, and everything and like that was what life was and it was it was there it was real and so I think that um I think that like Lawrence and Sondheim and Bernstein, like having these discussions, they were, they were almost a a little bit ahead of their time in terms of, they kind of went out on a limb of like, how Mm -hmm. is this going to be received by the people? Because, Mm -hmm. you know, sometimes people don't like seeing what's, you know, really going on, but that's what was really going on. Yes. So I think it's so beautiful yes. that they, that they tackle that. And they said, no, this is, this is important. We're going to, we're going to tell this story and, um and it has opened up. I think so many so many more more doors for just it being received yeah. across the world as well and and you yeah. know different people groups and cultures can totally relate to this, whereas yeah. you know maybe in in the original East Side story that would have been that that would not have, have been quite as impactful so yeah i I yeah. that's that's so interesting, and I'm so glad that they chose to go, yeah, you know this way with this with the show
0: right mm-hmm. and and I think even even commenting on that, like one of the things that made the show so revolutionary and, and pretty much in every category you could observe about musical theater, this show did something different. Mm. And one thing that they pretty much set the precedent for was, um, pushing the subject matter further within like the dance and song numbers. Mm. So like previously in musical theater, especially as, you know, resulting from vaudeville, all this stuff, it was, pre West Side Story, for the most part, musical theater was this escape. It was like this world that people right. could come and go to and feel really like light and happy. Like if you look at, totally. you know, I guess putting it up to the music man is like a perfect example of like why at that time that show was so much more successful. I mean, it's an amazing show, but it it provided people with like a light, airy mm-hmm. levity that was not maybe what they experienced in their everyday life, which is what which West Side Story, you know, I was watching this documentary and it, it they said it was not an escape. It actually put gang violence, you know, attempted sexual assaults, right. all these things like on the Heavy center of stuff. the stage. Yeah. And I totally. think it's kind of where we get this idea of like putting a mirror up to society. Like I'm sure you heard mm-hmm. that and talked about that in school too, of like mm-hmm. it actually forced audiences to confront reality 100%. rather than provide them a place to escape. So How has that been for you as an actor? Like Mm
1: -hmm. one
0: thing that Zach Woodley said, who's he was like the choreographer of Glee and he was one of the feature people commenting on West Side Story. He said, um, talking about the dancers, he said their bodies are their tool to Mm -hmm. tell the story, not to say, look at me and look how good I look and Mm -hmm. look how good I am. It was strictly for the story. They were just these vessels. So how has that been on one hand, you're telling this really, really, important tasked story Mm -hmm. about the world that will probably never go out of style. It will like never be not applicable to the world, this Romeo and Juliet narrative, but also like you're not performing an escape. Like you don't get to escape Michael when you, when you perform the show, like you have to watch somebody get shot basically like on the stage and that's how it ends. Like, so tell us about what it means to be this tool and this Mm -hmm. vessel for telling the story for your own, in your own experience.
1: Mm. It's, it is, it's weighty, but in, in the most humbling way, I think, Mm -hmm. um, Mm -hmm. like personally connecting to my character and the, and yeah, my character that I play in the show, just digging from like, like family backgrounds and like thinking about who these people would be and like yeah. who these people in my life would be, and um, and it is really interesting touching on the way that Robbins choreographed the show. Like just starting with the prologue, you know that's yeah. like so that's literally the Jets and the Sharks using their bodies, using dance to show that conflict and that division between them, yeah. which is so brilliant. Like yeah. just you know to to start it off and. Um, it is very interesting being in a show where you're supposed to, there is supposed to be that the portrayal of division and hatred um, on the other side. And, and obviously like, we're all like best of friends. And so it's um, there's no actual real life tension there at all. Um, But it's hard sometimes to even be like, Oh, like I have to step into this character where I would feel that, you know, and and just years ago, like that was, that was just like at the head, like that was how life was. Um, And so it's very, it is heavy and it is weighty and it's humbling because it's so cool to be able to, um, to tell that story now um and for people to still be able to relate to that and and look at the show and be like oh like that's how I have felt in my life or this part of my Mm -hmm. life you know that is what I have faced and it's very humbling just to stand on a stage and tell a story that that really matters and that has mattered for centuries um and that that people are continuing to fight for um in this world uh right now um and uh yeah I think especially um getting to sing somewhere every night like even on the nights where I'm like oh my gosh like you know I'm singing it another song um it's very special because the ballet and when I have gone on for Maria that's one of my favorite moments of the show um Hearing the voice, hearing the somewhere soloist sing the lyrics, which are like, somewhere there's a place for us, like a time and place for us, time together with time to share, time to learn, time to care. Somehow, somewhere, we'll find a new way of living. We'll find a way of forgiving Mm -hmm. somewhere. And it's all, you know, like, there's so much there's so much hope there. That is the, that is yeah. the one like moment in act two. Like after I feel pretty, mm-hmm. Chino comes in and tells Maria that, um that bernardo has been shot and, and all of mm-hmm. a sudden it just spirals, you know, like everything goes downhill from there. And, yeah. but that one moment of, of utter like peace and hope of a new, a, a new place, a better place, like Tony mm-hmm. and Maria are fighting for, love fighting for unity over that hatred and division fighting for the hope of a better place you know and um it's 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 beautiful i I, sometimes on those days where i'm like tired um before i sing that song i just watch in the monitor and i just watch the the scherzo people um and the Mm. just like the beginning of the ballet and um yeah. just looking at each other and it's like sharks and jets on the stage, just dancing together yeah. in total peace and total like yeah. love, light, joy, you know, and then yeah. and then singing yeah. that song. Like when I'm when I'm on as Maria, like oftentimes that just brings tears to my eyes because it's yeah. like it's just so so special to be on that stage, um yeah. listening to those words and being like, I know this is impacting people out there. I know that someone is like, you know, is like that's my story or that's yeah. um yeah. that is something, you know, I've struggled with or my family like whatever it is um yeah. to know that that's actually making making an impact. It's yeah, it's yeah. it's pretty incredible.
0: I I totally like went on a rant there. <laughs> No, no, that was amazing. I mean, no, and I had I wanted to talk about somewhere because I think that there's mm-hmm. so much to discuss here. But mm-hmm. like, even especially as a Christian, like mm-hmm. somewhere, it you're describing heaven, like is what right. I think we would adopt. You know, is like seeing this unity and mm-hmm. seeing people with yeah, no more tears, no more mm-hmm. crying, forgiving, a new a new way of living. Um, I think that's so. It's it. Mm-hmm. that's what I would think about, at least if I was performing that song. And 100%. one thing that I think is interesting is that, so in the 1957 original version of the show on Broadway, the show, which is how the the stage production has maintained itself, it's sung by just, I think it says, I don't know what it says in the script, but I think it just says a girl, like a yes. girl. So, so I, I don't know if this is like looking too much into this, but I actually think that that was the better choice than the 61 film because in the 61 film, Tony and Maria sing it. Right. I think that having just a, a general girl singing mm-hmm. it speaks mm-hmm. to the universal nature of this hope that we can have. So have you thought about that a lot of like what the, what the actual felt differences for an audience when a girl, are you backstage when you sing it?
1: I am. Yeah. 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 Like
0: when a girl backstage, they just hear this voice, like mm-hmm. almost like a whisper in their own head versus watching two people who are representative of other things sing it. Does that make sense?
1: Mm-hmm. 100%. I think that like the audience is already following Tony and Maria and, and their, um, you know, their struggle for, for love, for unity, for being with each other in peace. And so yeah. I think it is really special because you're right. It would be it would be one thing if they sang it, it would just be like an added, you know, like just like an add on to what they're already experiencing, yeah. what they're already fighting for. Yeah. Whereas yeah. having this voice just kind of like yeah. come out of nowhere. And, and it's beautiful yeah. because the way that Tony and Maria are, um, are, are on the stage at that point is just like right in the center and they've just hugged each other. And Mm -hmm. all of Mm -hmm. a sudden this voice comes out and they just take like the first half of the verse just to look around at their surroundings. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. and, um, Lonnie, the director was like, you know, you're just taking it in, like you're seeing it, like that place that you're talking Mm about, that that you're fighting for is right there in front of you. It's it's like right in your grasp, you know? And so, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, I think it's very powerful to have someone else sing it because it's like there's someone else out there there's there's that voice, there's another person um that Mm -hmm. that is believing in that for them and it that is like catalysting them into um into what they're doing in that moment and um Mm -hmm. and then of course the whole ensemble comes on, you know. And mm-hmm, which is mm-hmm. so beautiful. Um and also mm-hmm. in the pot of like in that moment in, in somewhere it's yeah. a shark and a jet couple and a shark and a jet couple. And yes. It's it's just so beautiful to watch them all on oh. stage um in that moment, just dancing in that choreography is just some of the most beautiful choreography yes. ever. Um but yeah, I I think it is it is so powerful. Um and even even just being backstage and not being like on the stage per se, I think that's also um, powerful. just hearing hearing a voice just kind of like all around you. um, yeah, mm-hmm.
0: yeah, one hundred percent I wonder if mm, I mean, there's so much significance to this song and the show, like and mm-hmm. how it's staged and how it's mm-hmm. how it, how it's maintained because I think what's so interesting about this is that we st- we're still singing these lyrics, and it's still we still sing somewhere someday. We don't say, mm. and now it's here, and we've arrived. Right. And I think that that, like, because this, you know, this show has been able to be performed like through the civil rights movement, like literally through the civil rights movement, through all of these prejudices, through you know, even more recently COVID nineteen, through right. all this stuff. It it does speak to like what is this hope and mm. and I think the last thing mm-hmm. that I that I would maybe observe. I mean, there's so many things, but <laughs> I had a director in when I did the show in Summerstock a few years ago, and I do not, I I tried to message him to confirm the story and he hasn't got back to me. So if I'm incorrect, someone needs to correct me. Maybe you will, Michael. But so he (laughs) told me that like one of the most, I mean incredible choices they could have made in staging this musical and in or like, you know, doing all the arrangements for this musical is to end the musical with these With the melody of some of someday, yeah, Um, or somewhere. Sorry, not someday. Lol, Um, somewhere. (laughs) And so the the last things you see are like a dead Tony, Mm -hmm. um, like an Mm -hmm. Anita comforting the Maria. Everyone basically Mm -hmm. crying and walking off the Mm -hmm. stage. But you hear the chords of somewhere someday somewhere someday, and it's like this amazing moment. And he told us, which I think is interesting, is that. When this show was actually first staged in Berlin, they took out the last chords. So, Whoa. so they basically like played because um, you know it goes dun dun bum, bum, dun yeah. bum, bum. They ended it with the bum bum instead of the hopeful <sighs> somewhere Whoa. someday. And it was like to speak to like basically the political climate of like we have lost hope. And wow. I just wonder, I really hope that's true because I think it's significant and it's something to be like observed is that every single audience in in all these cultures, which is why you are able to perform in an international tour of the show can mm-hmm. relate to like, even in the midst of tragedy and in death, mm-hmm. like I have to hold on to something and I have to hold on to hope. And when that's the last thing you hear is this ringing of somewhere in your head and then the curtain closes there that's pointing you to something 100%. and i thought that was interesting
1: is that true I don't know. yeah i that is so interesting i've never heard that but i 100% like could see how that yeah. would be the case and also how it would yeah like it would entirely yeah. shift just like the vibe and the feeling just like for an audience leaving yeah. that theater yeah. um right. and yeah in our production at the very end, Anita doesn't actually come back on stage after the taunt. She really? never reappears, um, which is also an oh. interesting um, an interesting thing. but Maria, yeah. they they carry Tony's body away, and one by one, um, the whole ensemble is on stage one by one. Um, mm-hmm. sharks and jets follow Tony's body out and some stay behind. Mm-hmm. And um, Maria has this moment where she um, she stands up like during these chords, she stands up on the first chord. On the second chord, baby John comes over and takes her shawl from the ground and places it on her and mm-hmm. walks off. And then right before the last chord, it's it's all based off of, um, it's all on Maria at the end of just taking that moment for herself mm-hmm. to be like, mm-hmm. okay, well, after all that has happened, she's choosing yeah. to take a breath she's choosing to lift mm. her head and on that last chord she turns and she walks off the stage and that's mm. how it ends and that is so powerful like
0: yeah.
1: um I mean those the last chords of of somewhere the fact that it's that melody that alone just like you know will make me cry yeah. just yeah. like thinking about oh. it but second yeah. just it, it it is a beautiful and that was actually something when we were in the rehearsal process people were voicing how they felt about that final scene. Like, should Mm -hmm. we walk off the stage? Should we Mm -hmm. follow Tony's body? Um, Or Mm -hmm. would some sharks stay on stage? Would some jets Mm -hmm. stay on stage? Like for instance, um, action and one of the shark boys stay on stage at the end, looking Mm -hmm. at each other. And it's Mm -hmm. kind of that, that, um, you know, that just, just showing the audience, like it's not, the story's not over. Like the tension is still there. Like this was, yes, like sharks and jets came together in this moment over the loss of, of this person, but also there were some people that are, you know, still obviously angry and bitter over what has happened and and um, so that was that was an interesting yeah. an interesting thing and we had a, a ton of discussion in um, yeah. in the creative room of just like what how how would we really feel how would we really react in this moment and and what's that gonna look like and how can we say that on stage so um mm. yeah just just very interesting mm. I love how um, it's the story is just, It's just priceless because yes, it was, it was written in the fifties, but we're still having discussions and conversations of how to portray it most, um, accurately and represent it, um, most, most beautifully with, with these people that we have, um, right now in, in 2023, you know, um, very powerful.
0: Yeah. Has there been one place where you've performed this, where the audience like received it particularly, well or like where the where you could feel the audience's weight
1: does anything like stand out to you some of yes our our switzerland audiences mm. were very mm. um they they overall they were um they would you know were really interactive with us they would laugh they would you know just really be in it um more than mm-hmm. more than some other places so far we've been to germany Austria Switzerland France and Dubai Um, and Switzerland audiences were definitely um, very you could feel that they were very involved so were the audiences in. actually we were only in France for one week we're going back um, in in the fall but um, in Roubaix France Mm -hmm. um, uh, you could feel not only that the audience was invested but that they really cared and that they really cared to have this story now in their mm-hmm. town. like you could feel, you could feel it, um which was mm-hmm. which was really special. So, yes, mm-hmm. yeah, that's what I would say, that's amazing. You're mm-hmm. getting
0: to go to so many cool places. That's amazing.
1: It really is incredible. And I had never been outside of the U.S. before.
0: Oh, my <laughs> so gosh. Literally,
1: this was absolutely a gift from God because, yeah. um, yeah, I was just like, you know, who knows when or if I would have ever traveled to, to all of these places. Um, mm-hmm. Definitely not yeah. all of them. So <laughs> right.
0: it's has been yeah. incredible. Mm-hmm. I want to hear the story. So, like, I guess as we transition, I'm like, whoa, we just – really gabbed on about West Side Story, which I, no, love. I love. And it. we could do this for <laughs> like an entire podcast series, but yes. tell, tell me about like you and the story and the journey of you getting here. Um, mm-hmm. Like where, where was God there? Tell us about that.
1: Okay. So honestly, I mean, God was the whole reason I I booked this show, every aspect of of the audition process just totally came into play, um, into his perfect plan because I, okay. So I graduated from Belmont university last May in uh, May of 2022. And I, I think my graduation was like the first weekend of May. And then I started working as an apprentice at flat rock playhouse, um, the, in the middle of May. So I went right to flat rock and, um, we were actually in rehearsal for West Side Story at Flat Rock. And it was my first West Side, so I was so pumped. Um, yes, because West Side's just one of those shows that I had sung like every possible song um, yeah, yeah. that I could have in school, you know, and I was like, oh yes. just waiting for the day that I could do the show. And so, um I, we I, I got to do it at Flat Rock, which was so incredible. so i I'm literally in the first couple days of rehearsal for West Side. And I see the call go out on Playbill. And I was like, okay, literally no way. is my dream show going on tour right now. Um, I just graduated, like it, it's the perfect timing. And yeah. um, so I just submitted um, through this link online. And I was like, okay, you know, did that. But I just, who knows what's gonna happen. I don't have an yeah. agent, like all these things. I just didn't know if I mm-hmm. my videos would even be watched. Um, And I want to say like a week later, I don't quite remember, I um, got a request to go to New York and I was like, oh my word, okay, I have to go, but here I am in Flat Rock, North Carolina in rehearsal,
0: (laughs) and so I was
1: like, oh gosh, this is going to be bad. (laughs) Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. but I was very nervous to talk to her director. Um, but because I had been an apprentice instead of just coming to do West side, I had been there for a couple more weeks versus the people that had yeah. just come in to do the show. So I yeah. had like built a tiny bit of a relationship with them and been in, you know, rehearsal mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. a pre-pro stuff. So I go to the director and I'm like, okay, I just got this call request. I really want to go to New York. Would you allow me to go to New mm-hmm. York? And she said, yes. Mm-hmm thank God, um, mm-hmm, Lisa mm-hmm, Brian, out mm-hmm. will forever thank her. And, um, yes. so long story short, I like get a flight, I fly to, sh- or I drive to Charlotte, uh, which is like an hour and a half, I guess I mm-hmm. fly, um, to New York and, um, I get in at like midnight or something. I stay in a mm-hmm. hotel and I'm up at like seven in the morning. And, um, with my little suitcase, you know, I just go, go to Pearl studios. And, um, I think my audition was like at 10 in the morning. And, um, so did that went well, got asked to stay and sing. So I did that. And then I had my flight out that night at like 6 PM. And so I finish up and I get a notification that my flight was canceled. And I was like, (gasps) okay, this, this is great. Um, I was supposed to be back at flat rock at like 10 the next morning for rehearsal. Mm -hmm. And, um, all flights out of New York city to Charlotte that night were canceled. Like literally could not get Mm -hmm. a flight back to Charlotte. Well, Mm -hmm. my sweet dad had booked a flight for me at six in the morning, the next morning, he had like put it on hold (gasps) in case something happened. So I was like, okay, thank God. So I stayed overnight, wake up at three in the morning to go to my flight. It's canceled. (laughs) I was like, you've got to be kidding me. So I call my dad at three in the morning, he answers and I'm like, it's canceled what am I going to do? We start looking at another airport and then I get a flight from New Jersey and I'm going to like take the train to get there. And an hour later it's canceled. And I literally was like, am I about to drive a car from New York to North Carolina for like 18 hours? Just like however long it was just to get back because I was like, oh my goodness, like they're going to hate me. Like I'm going to miss another day of rehearsal. Like, of course this would happen. Well, grace of God, my dad calls like some American number he has. And I get on the flight at 10 in the morning. I fly back to Charlotte. I have never run from an airport so fast in my life to get in my car, to drive an hour and a half to get back. And I was like, just like half an hour late to rehearsal that day. Like it was literally a miracle. And um, so I was like, okay, okay. All good, but they're definitely not gonna let me go back after this drama to New York if I get a second call back. (laughs) Well, an hour later I get an email that they asked me to go back to New York. And I was like, Oh you're joking. (laughs) Of course I was like so psyched because at this point it's like for Rosalia, for singing somewhere, you know, Maria understudied the whole thing. Um but obviously so nervous to to go back and ask, but long story short, um, I went back and I was like, listen, I'll tell them I can't go again after this trip. You know, we were about to go into tech. I understood it was crazy, but um, yeah. she let me go. And it was wow. crazy, crazy, crazy that she did. Um, but I, it was just one of those things I had a feeling. I was like, if, I, if it wasn't a show I was so connected to, if I didn't feel like it was so yeah. right, I would be like, okay, maybe not. But I was like, I mm-hmm. have to go. I just had this mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. had this gut feeling and so I went back yeah. um and the team was was so kind and they saw me like yeah. on my day off too, this whole thing and so um I was up there and um was up there Monday and Tuesday for them and did more dancing and mm-hmm. did more singing and then um a week later I went back to Flat Rock and then a week later I heard that I got it. And oh it was yeah, I it it was just crazy cool. Um and just a total Dream. Um, I got it like <laughs> the email the night before we opened West Side at Flat Rock. So I was like, "Wow!" Just the timing of it, just crazy cool. Um, and every aspect, yeah. like all those cancel flights, like was just yeah. totally like, you know, the enemy trying to trying to mm-hmm. to take this. Um, yeah. but yeah. I just thank God that I was able to go up there, and for our yeah. you know director who allowed me to go, like, just yeah. all of those things that fell into place. And also the fact that I was doing West side in the yeah. moment, because yeah. I almost had taken like another job before I'd heard about flat rock. And I just, you know, I just feel like every, every aspect fell into place for it to be the mm-hmm. perfect timing and the perfect plan. Um, yeah, yeah it was, it was just crazy. <laughs> there was a lot of, yeah. you know, going back to the city and, and all that stuff, but, um, yeah, it was beautiful and it was, and it was perfect timing. And it was just one of those things that, yeah, it was just from the Lord. So yeah, really cool.
0: That's amazing. Wow. Yeah. That's yeah. so cool. And also so cool that you got to be doing that show when you found out that you were going to do that show <laughs> for the next year and a half.
1: Literally. It was so, so That's crazy. So cool. cool. I was like, all right, here we go. You know? <laughs>
0: yeah. This is my life. Now this show, I eat, breathe, sleep Westside for 100%. The
1: next- and I love it.
0: Life. That's so cool. So let's, <laughs> yeah. let's move, like go back a little bit. So you tell us a little bit about your story of like church family, like life. You're, I didn't realize you were so young. Um. So like, yes, wh- yes. and I know Belmont, isn't Belmont on Christian school? Like, what did that yes. look like? How did faith play out in your life? You know, even pre-college. And then what did, what did that look like for you studying theater at a Christian university? Mm-hmm. Like, where was God there?
1: Totally. So I, um, I grew up in a Christian household, which I'm so, so grateful for. Um, and um, I will always say like, I just knew Jesus as long as I could remember. But it wasn't until um, until high school through a, a series of leaving a church that I had been in for like 12 years. Um, and that going to a, a new church where I didn't know soul. Um, and that's where I really found who Jesus really was. And that's mm-hmm. where I really fell in love with Jesus and, um, mm-hmm. made my relationship personal with him. Um, mm-hmm. and I had incredible, um, people speak into my life from that church. Um, mm-hmm. we had a girl's, um, minister and like youth minister and my Sunday school teacher was like my mentor through those years of my life. And, um, there's a lot of stuff like going on in, um, my family and, and different things and leaving Mm -hmm. that church was a big, a big thing that could have caused me to run from the Lord, but thank God it caused me to run to him. And, um, that was all in the plan too, um, for me to, um, to find a, a new church home so that I could really, um, find Jesus for myself. And um so yeah, so high school, um and then college going to Belmont. It was like eight hours from home. I was super excited um to to just start a new life. Um but I knew that yeah. um I, I had a really solid group of 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 best friends here in Arkansas who all love the Lord and so I was like, okay, yeah. like going into college, you know. Um it's one thing to say at Christian school, but it's also another thing like you know what is that really going to look like? Um, yeah, and so yeah. I actually first week I was there found um, delight at Belmont. Yes, yes, <laughs> yes, I love that. And so I immediately got involved with delight, and yeah. um, every year of college I was involved with delight, and I was um, wow. in it for my freshman, sophomore year, and then I was on leadership um, for junior, wow. senior, um, and that the Lord just used that so mightily in my life. Um, just the relationships I built with the girls, um, being on like a leadership team, like Mm -hmm. it it was, it was just really, um, yeah, that was my rock, honestly. Like the Lord used that as, as a rock for me through college. Um, and also like I had an awesome church, um, in Nashville, Mm -hmm. a home church in Nashville and, um, yeah, but, um, it was, it was so it was so cool, um to musical theater, long story short, was something I got into really late. Um, I was um, I grew up as a dancer and also like played the piano, some instruments. But I didn't nice. actually find musical theater until like my senior year of high school, like right before. I decided what I wanted to do in college. Um, and I yeah. was like, you know what? I want to sing and I want to yeah. do everything that I love, um, all together. And so, mm-hmm. um, grace of God that I got into Belmont because I literally had no idea what I was doing. Like
0: mm-hmm. I was,
1: it was crazy. I still don't know how my professors uh, accepted me to this day. Um, <laughs> but, um, yeah, so it was exactly where I was supposed to be. And, um, I really like, I will credit my, um, my dear teacher, Erica Aubrey. She just like taught me from the ground up. Really? Like I didn't know how to belt oh. when I got to school. Like, um, yeah. and I, I really only had like a couple months of technique. And so they really just, yeah. um, yeah, grew me. Um, and now and- you're a
0: local <laughs> soloist on an international tour. <laughs> it's pretty crazy. It's pretty crazy how they, yeah,
1: <laughs> yeah literally wow. Michael from four years ago, never would have guessed.
0: Um, which is really
1: just beautiful. Like the Lord has just like continually blown my, blown my mind and in every Mm -hmm. way in this career. And I just, I just knew that he called me into this and into Mm -hmm. this world, not only because like giftings that he's given me, but also just like, um, I'll just forever say that musical theater is the greatest mission field, you know, like there was a time in high school where I was like, oh, like I, should I be a missionary and like go to another country? And, um, And, but it just, it wasn't right. And it, I mean, you know, we're all missionaries and no matter where we are, but in terms of like Mm -hmm. actually pursuing that as a vocation, I was like, no, like the Lord has given me these gifts. And, and also like, Mm -hmm. there's just so many people that have never um, experienced Jesus. Um, Maybe have experienced Jesus quote unquote through, through people in their life, but maybe there's been a lot of hurt there and Mm -hmm. um Uh, you know, damage done by people in the church or leadership or people in their lives that they know. And I just am so passionate about people finding like the real Jesus, you know, and like the love, the love that he has to offer and who, and who he really is. Um, And so, um, yeah, college for me was a growing in in musical theater and also just that growing in my faith to um, really uh, just stretching me, and really, uh, I I went through a lot. I dealt with performance performance anxiety a lot in college, um, and so much so that I was just like, like I don't know if I'm ever gonna be successful, if I'm ever gonna be able to do this because it just feels like I can't get over this this hurdle. And um, you know, it came from all the thoughts in my head of like, oh, you're inexperienced, and all these people have done so much more than you, and all this stuff, and just time and again, like. God would be like, no, but I've called you to this. Like, no, I have something for you. And, you know, it would be like the very last minute and I would get an offer for summer stock and I'd be like, oh, right. Like, okay, God, you, like, you've totally got me. Like, why did I, why did I doubt, yeah. you know? um, But yeah, so college was honestly just like such an incredible, Um, looking back, even just one year out, I just, it just totally shaped and, and molded me. Um, yeah but, um, yeah. And then, um, thank God for delight. Just so awesome to have that accountability. Um, Mm -hmm. especially when I was on leadership team being like, okay, like you're showing up every week. Like you're not just going to skip a meeting because you're tired. Like, you know, and, um, just reminding me of like the things that really matter, you know, at the end of our lives, like, what are we going to look back upon all the things that we've done or just like, the people that we've touched in the way that God has used us as vessels um, yeah. to, to share um, his, his gospel and his truth. And so, yeah. Um, so yeah, my faith has yeah. always been, been so important to me. Um, and mm-hmm. even now so on tour and just um, yeah. my life verse that the Lord gave me a couple of years ago is Acts twenty twenty four, which is, however I consider my life worth nothing to me, My only aim is to finish the race and complete the task. The Lord Jesus has given me the task of Mm -hmm. testifying to the gospel of God's grace. And I just felt like the Lord gave that to me of like, Michael, like I've given you this task, like no matter where you are, you're to testify to the good news of like my grace. Mm -hmm. And, you know, it just no matter what anyone has ever experienced from religion or, or God or people in their life, just knowing that there is a Jesus there that, mm-hmm. that so longs to be in a relationship with them and that mm-hmm. so loves them and wants to provide peace and love and grace and everything that they're searching for, you know, um, mm-hmm. if they would, yeah, just, just follow him. And so yeah, just, um, yeah, it's a, it's, it's big and it's definitely hard at times yeah. just to be like, you know okay Jesus like just show me show me what to do every day show me what to say like show me just how to like be there for other people um just show me how you want me to live out this mission you know and it might look different than people in my life um who I know but just yeah just like being in tune with the spirit and that's something I've been thinking on even while I'm here just on this layoff of like Really just being so in tune with the spirit that he mm-hmm. can give me the words to say at, at any time mm-hmm. and he can show me, you know, who to talk to and what to say and what not yeah. to say and you know. Yeah. All
0: of that. That's amazing. And then what what about like on tour? Like I guess mm-hmm. you graduated and then kind of started working and didn't like did you move to New York? Did you ever move to New York? No. No, not okay, yet. Okay, yeah. So you Is <laughs> that right. Like so you yeah. You were in sort of like a transient – you've been sort of in like a transient season from like Mm -hmm. college feels kind of transient sometimes. Mm -hmm. You know, you inevitably knew that you would leave your church in Nashville, that you would like not be on Delight Leadership or be involved with that group of women forever. Right. And then you kind of did this contract and now you're on tour. Like what what do faith rhythms like Mm. look like or what – maybe even what encouragement would you provide for someone who feels like this one calling of – performing and using the gifts God has given you can sometimes be at odds of, be at odds out of like being grounded in the word and being grounded in routine or community or the Acts 5 church, like you sort of referenced earlier. I mean, you referenced later in Acts, but like, what does that look like for you and what have been some unique challenges or unique Mm -hmm. like victories you've experienced there?
1: 100%. Um, First off, I would just say like, it is hard. It is hard to not be um rooted in in one place um and I think obviously like every performer understands that because contract to contract work you're always moving you're always going but even right now like um just being back with my family like my home church that I had in high school it's wonderful and I love it but it's like oh like my my people are gone like they you know what I mean like they graduated. even just being here for a couple weeks has been has been interesting but in terms of like um just faith rhythms in in my life when I'm kind of going going and especially on tour like mm-hmm. daily morning quiet times are so important for me um mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. what's so nice mm-hmm. about tour life is that we we perform at nights um other than Saturdays being two shows but um we have all day free unless we have rehearsal and we have our mornings um and so I normally always like just go to breakfast in the hotel and then I go back to my room and um and spend spend that time with Jesus, just journaling and in the Word. And I actually brought a um, like Bible study with me from for the girl yeah. from delight um, nice. yeah. with me, it, just to have that accountability too of being in the mm. Word. Um, mm-hmm. So that's very important for me. Just starting yeah. my days off on that, and mm-hmm. I am very blessed to have a roommate who loves the Lord. Um oh which gosh. was a really cool story. We actually met during yeah. callbacks and followed each other on Instagram and we were like, Oh my gosh, you have a Bible verse in your bio and you have a Bible verse in your bio. We were like, Oh my gosh, we're gonna be friends. <laughs> yes. And then we got the tour together. Um wow. and so now we're roommates, which is literally such a blessing. Like just the fact that we can play worship music out loud in our room in the mornings with each other. Um, and I wow, just yeah. definitely a gift from God because um I I learned on my previous contract um, that like how important it is not to do this life alone. Um, and especially when you're not rooted and grounded in one place, it can be really difficult. Yeah. But like yeah. in, I want to say it's like Mark six, Jesus sent the disciples out in pairs. They, yeah. he did not send them out alone, you know? And so mm-hmm. I'm, I'm so grateful to have my roommate, but I'm also like reminded, no matter if you have someone on a contract that loves the Lord, or if you are alone, like it's important to check in with the people in your life back home or around the world, wherever they are, that are going to keep you accountable in your walk with the Lord. You know, like, I think it could be easy to be like, oh, well, you know, they're not here with me. So I'm not going to, you know, stay in contact with them, but like, it is so important, you know, and it's easy to just kind of slip into apathy when, or, you know, whatever, when you're just kind of um, not with people that can hold you accountable to that. So for me, Mm -hmm. it's important to um, not only have like those, those quiet times and those times with the Lord, but also um, to just stay invested and involved in, um, in relationships with people back home that Mm -hmm. are like-minded and um, that will pursue Mm -hmm. me or um, challenge Mm -hmm. me to, you know, pursue the Lord and, yeah. um, also like online church. Um, yeah. and what's really beautiful is it hasn't happened as often as I would like to, but there have been a couple cities where we have found churches um yeah. which is so amazing like we went to one in Switzerland and it was wow in English and French so like wow it, they had the pastor spoke in French and his wife translated in English and it was so cool like hearing the voices of the people singing to the lord in French <laughs> singing wow. songs that we know but in another language, just being like, "This is the same God," like no matter where we are in the world, like this is the same Jesus. It. I remember just like full on sobbing <laughs> when no, I went I'm to like that. Oh, i getting church. emotional
0: listening to you. Yeah, just wow. being
1: like, wow, like yeah, that was that was an incredible, incredible experience. I will never forget. Um, and same in Germany, mm-hmm. that one was more in English than in German, but they still sang some in German, which is cool. Um, yeah. And then overall, just something that I always try to, to practice and remember is like an attitude of gratitude. Um, mm-hmm. truly that just like sets the rhythm of my heart, right. For every day. Mm-hmm. Um, and points me back to Jesus and and the gift that God has given me in this tour. Um, just yeah. like every, every new place, every venue, um, just whenever there is something exciting. And I mean, in the lows too. Um, but especially just like right. being like, okay, Jesus, like, reminding myself that this is from you this is not of my own accord um I'm here because you gave this to me and um just having that attitude of gratitude that I'm hoping like as I continue that as I continue that I'm hoping that it will grow to be a habit where times when I don't have a contract right in front of me um that I'll be able to be like okay God you know your faithfulness—you've—you've mm. you've been there in the past. You've been there before, and you will be there for me again. You know. Um, yeah. So, yeah. Amen.
0: Yeah. That's amazing, Michael. Yeah. I'm so grateful for this conversation and for your—you're so eloquent and oh. so sure. And I think that it makes a lot of sense just from talking to you for the last hour that what God has tasked you with and what He has highlighted for you is is pointing to his grace and testifying Mm -hmm. to his grace. I think this has blessed me and I know that it will bless so many others just to see someone like you doing what they maybe want to do one day and doing it with Mm -hmm. such grace and doing it with such discipline. Um, And also like not doing it perfectly all the time, but, but being sure sure that (laughs) that is, that is a task and that is the calling and trusting that he's going to bless you in that. So I, I'm so grateful for you and for Mm -hmm. the way that we've, you know, the way that you've gotten to speak about your story and just about how God has led you there. So Mm -hmm. I really, yeah, I guess to wrap up, um, where if people want to kind of follow your journey or follow, um, along with the tour, like even just in just a fun way to see where you, where you are in the world, where can they, where can they follow you and find you?
1: Totally. Um, okay. So, my Instagram is just my name, um, Michael Vasquez, and I think there's an underscore under that. Um, and mm-hmm. then the tour has an Instagram page too, and it's West Side Story Tour. I think that's what it is. Nice. Yeah. So yeah, um right. they can follow along there on Instagram. I think on on Facebook too. Um, but mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. Great. Definitely. Follow Amazing. Along. Well, we're
0: grateful for you. We're praying for you on this next leg of the tour, the starting Thank in the you. fall. And Thank um you. hopefully some of us will get to see it. I don't know where you're gonna be, maybe yes. more international. But are you gonna be in the States at all? Like upcoming? Unfortunately, no. <laughs> no, we not won. in the states I, at all.
1: I sure wish we were. I mean, never say never. As of right now, yeah. no. Yeah, yeah. Um really? we go back out next month actually to okay. Dublin and okay. Tokyo. And then I okay. will once again come back for a couple weeks in August and September, and then we go out September through uh beginning of April
0: yes nice yes amazing okay well we're praying for you we're rooting for you and thank thank you. you so much for coming on the show
1: thank you Emma this has been such a joy thanks for listening to this week's episode of the Narrow Way to Broadway podcast if you enjoyed please subscribe leave us a review and share this episode with your friends we release new episodes every week To keep up with what we've got going on, you can follow us on Instagram at nwaybway and head over to our website nwaybway.com for even more resources to help equip you as followers of Jesus and artists. We'll see you next time.